Welcome, podcasters. You are listening to another episode of Tell Me Why, a resource for athletes, coaches, and parents in sport. Co-hosted by Dr. Jenny Christerna and U.S. Speed Skating Hall of Fame inductee Patrick Wentland. This podcast is developed as a resource for athletes, parents, coaches, and referees looking to improve player development and performance. Conversations and opinions expressed on the show are not intended as medical or clinical advice. Welcome back, podcasters. Today, Dr. Jenny and I are discussing adversity versus advantage and how to embrace that challenge ahead of you and what you're going to get from it. Jenny, you and I were just talking about this a little bit. It's really a fun topic because there's so much to it when it comes to a person, an athlete, a business person who has had adversity in their lives versus someone who's maybe had a silver spoon life or younger, inexperienced, and uh, maybe has a lot of drive and excitement, but doesn't know how to handle the challenge. You know, everybody's got to have that challenge, especially in sports. Are you going to crack under the pressure? Or are you going to be able to rise to that challenge? What do you think? You know what? I I, I will tell you firsthand as a, a mom of athletes that have played at or compete at the, some of the highest levels. And then also as a business owner, you know, you, you want someone who's been tested, right? You know, calm seas does not make a skilled sailor, right? A skilled captain. It's through being tested and tried and coming out the other side. That's where you develop your metal, your M-E-T-T-L-E, right? Not metal, M-E-D-A-L, right? It's that mental toughness, or as my husband calls it, toughosity. You know, how, how resilient, what kind of fortitude do you have? And that is something that's built. That is not something that you're necessarily born with. You're born with kind of the rawness of it but it's forged in adversity. And whether you're an athlete, a business person, a professional, that type of grit, that type of metal, that fortitude, that is, you, you, you can't buy that. Yeah, you and I talked a little bit about before we started. And really for me, we've, we've all seen the athlete who does great in practice, top of their team, kick and butt, can handle any situation, put them in a game situation, a race situation, pressure, crack under pressure and just fall apart. It's It happens all the time. And the really, in my opinion, the best way to overcome that is just experience and Absolutely. learning situations. And we've talked about this previously, but you have to be able to learn from your experiences, look at your past races, games, competitions, see where you've made those mistakes and learn from and try and do better. But being able to handle that adversity, as you're talking about, and stay calm under pressure and be able to go with the flow and adapt. We were talking about, I wrote that word down because we talked about that earlier. I love that word. Adapting is huge. And yep. not, not many people can do it, especially the people who are comfortable doing it this way. They do it like X all the time. 
and you throw B at them and they don't know what to do. Well, they're going to try to do it X way because that's the only way they do it. But if they can adapt and figure out how to do it a better way, they're going to score better. They're going to perform better, have better results. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I, I do want people to understand something that being adaptable doesn't mean that it's being having stability, consistency, predictability is bad. We do need those things. A, being adaptable means that when the situation changes, your ability to figure out how to change with that situation using what you know and being accommodating because the situation has changed. So it doesn't mean that we're saying, you know, having consistency and predictability is a bad thing. We're simply saying that consistency and stability is absolutely necessary um, for every human being. We we like that. We like to know where we stand. We like to know what's going to happen. We like to um, know that if I do this, this is what I will earn or, or what have you. And just for kids, they, they like to come home to a consistent environment where they know what's going to happen. Um, and it's predictable. But in life, when things change, because things will change, do you have the ability? Are you plastic? Can you adapt to that change? Can you move with that? Because you can still have consistency um, and predictability within that change, right? It's about how quickly can you figure it out. And in sports, if the, the the quicker we can figure things out, the more adaptable we become, and that becomes the predictability. The predictability is that naked and alone, I can make it in this world. It, the predictability is that I am I am getting stronger. I'm figuring something out. I'm exercising a new muscle because that one way of me doing things is just that one way. Now I'm learning all these other ways, and the more ways you learn how to do something the more you have in your toolbox to play with. So it's like a Lego set. You can put different pieces of the puzzle together, but if you only have one piece, not much you can build with that, which is why we need more experience and more exposure. And that comes as an athlete in various game time situations. So you can be a great house athlete, nothing wrong with that. But when you go into competition, tournaments and all those other things, it may be a very different ball game you may realize while you're the big fish in the small in the small pond at your school or on your team, you might be a small fish in a big pond as you go out. And that's a good thing. That's how you grow. And we all know when it comes to sports consistency, it just doesn't happen. It's not going to happen the way you had planned it out. Your competition can read you. They know your weaknesses. They have a different plan than your plan, obviously. And whatever you had figured out isn't going to work. If you're not ready to adapt, you're going to fall behind. And it just happened this evening. We were I was working with athletes I typically train, and we were playing a little volleyball after a weight workout this afternoon. And um, it was a little two-on-two. And the young younger uh, kid that was on my team, you know, I hit a couple of shots away from where the other team was. And he's like, oh, that was a great shot, Coach. How, how do you think about doing that? Because he always hits it to the same spot. And he, he just knows that I just got to get over a net and I'm just hitting it to the same spot. I'm like, well, I, I try to watch where they are or where they're moving and I hit it somewhere else. He's like, oh, that, that's great. I got, I got to learn how to do that. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's called help. adaptability. 
And, you know, and he, he actually thought about it on the next play and he did. And he was like, Hey coach, I was, I was able to do it that time. I, I, I was paying attention to where they were, what they were doing. And I, I played it to an opposite side. I'm like, that's what it's about. You have to have an open mind. You have to be focused, but watching everything around you and adapt to what your competition is doing and play it the other way. And it's like, I mean, he's a younger kid, so he hadn't learned to really think about that yet. He had his game, his MO in mind, and that's how he was going to play the game. But he wasn't taking into consideration what the other team was doing and how to play around that. And I think that happens all too often in, in lower level sports. I don't think you make it too far without learning to be adaptable and learning to handle that adversity. But I, it, his eyes lit up and it was it was interesting to see. And we get a lot out of playing a different sport. And we've talked about this before. We play a little volleyball after doing our training. You know, a little coordination stuff and the kids have fun with it. And we, we actually can learn different things. But here he learned a valuable lesson about watching your competition, knowing how to play it different than what they're expecting. You know, I'm going to put something out here and this may be a 30 foot Frisbee for some folks. And for others, it may be like, boom, a light bulb moment. But every relationship that we have is an opportunity for us to, to develop or to take back a part of ourselves, to really reclaim a part of ourselves, whether it's the competitive part, the analytical part, the, the adaptable part, the part of us that can hold, you know, multiple pieces and then say, oh, this one is the one I, I, I need. You know what I mean? In sports, what I think really excites me about when I see players play is when they are growing kind of like the situation that you just described. Oh, how do I do that? Right. That's a part they see themselves in what you've done. And that's a part that they would like to have. Right taking back a part or developing that part. And so every time we grow in adversity, what we're doing is we're reclaiming a part of ourselves, a, a part of our greatness, a part of our actual talent and ability. And so this is why you need to be challenged. This is why you got to lose. If you win every time, right? You don't have optimal frustration where you go, what just happened? And you, and you yep. just kind of gnaw on it a little bit. So it's not impressive when someone's always winning. It's easy to win. It's easy to be the big fish. But what happens when you are upside down? What happens when you're the small fish, right? If no one is challenging you to stretch, not break, but just to stretch a little bit so you can see what you can do and, and, and reclaim a part of yourself or develop a part of yourself, then what's the point? After a while, sports get boring when you just keep winning all the time. So either everyone is, either you truly are the best in the world or everyone is just crappy. No one's challenging you. You can still win and, and, and work through adversities, right? And you can still lose and still be one of the greatest players. Look at Michael Jordan, right? He's lost a lot of games, but it's how he comes out of the adversity. It's how he challenges himself and how in, in his own way, he looks for 
good people. He looks for those people to challenge him. And I encourage people to do the same as well, because that's where you really get to grow. That's where all the gold is. That's great. And I'll second that with something you mentioned there about constantly being challenged. And I, as a coach, I highly recommend that for any athlete. If And, and you said, you, you hit the nail on the head. You said, if you just get stagnant, if you're just doing the same thing, the same routine, or if you're, I'll use the analogy, like I coach a, a skating club and we have the same group in that club. Well, if you're just used to skating with those 20, 30, or performing any sport with those same 20 people on a daily basis, you're going to know how to handle them. You know how they race, how they play a game. You may be the end up being the best one in that group. That still may not be the best in your city or state and national and in the world. You got a long way to go. And I, I constantly stress to the athletes I work with, get yourself into every competition you can find. Push yourself to different levels in a competition than you do in practice. And I, I think I've said it before, but I, I think for the athletes I work with, I tell them, you gain one to two months of experience and training in one weekend of competition than you do in, in one to two months of racing and in practice. I, I highly push getting yourself out of your comfort zone. Another thing is like when we train at practice, our fastest skater does a nine second lap. Well, if the rest of the country is doing eight, five or eight second laps, how are we going to get that fast? We're not going to, we're not. And we constantly have to get to where faster skaters are, better athletes are, follow them, race with them, push ourselves to chase these guys, catch them and learn how to handle that speed, learn how to handle what they're doing and then figure out how to beat them. But it's all about constant adversity, constantly trying to better where you're at and pushing yourself out of that comfort zone. One of the things in Taekwondo, we would have the younger fighters do, not point Taekwondo, but actual Olympic Taekwondo, the sparring. What we would have them do is we would have them fight up. So what people wouldn't see in nationals, we know when they were going for nationals and, and going for the teams, they all they would see is, man, this kid is just killing them. You know, they're just getting out there and beating the crap out of everybody. But what they don't see behind the scenes is what you're talking about. They're going to these local tournaments and fighting people who don't have a desire to go for national team. They just love to fight and they're going to fight you. And they've gotten the floor mopped with their faces. (laughs) And that is how they got better. They fought up. They fought older people. They fought more skilled people. And those people, of course, because they were younger, they watched it with the power, but they, they gave it to them. So by the time they fight someone or compete with someone at their level, of course, they're going to look great because they've gotten their butts kicked. (laughs) They really had, you know, to deal with that adversity. And to your point, if your best skater is nine seconds and they're at eight, five, eight, eight, the only way you're going to beat your best time is if you go up up, up against somebody with a better time. That's just how that works because they're the ones that are going to push you. And if you're a track person, you know what a pacer is. You know what a pacer is. Sometimes 
that pace of just like and you realize I'm slow <laughs> and you're kind of like yeah. trying to catch up. And sometimes you realize, oh, I'm faster than I thought I was. But the pacer, it they set the pace. And for a lot of people who've never had a pacer, some of those people are like, I'm the fastest on my on my team, realize they're not very fast at all. And so it becomes quite interesting when we level up as we look to improve you're going to look horrible. I'm going to share a personal story. My son, or my 13-year-old, he is playing in a new league. He's in MWC for soccer, not ENCL, but they, they, he, he's moved up. And a lot of people are like, MLS next and all this other stuff. So he's just moved up to MWC. Now, when he was playing in another league, they looked fantastic. They were winning. Now he's playing up. They look like snails. They look like they're like, five-year-old. <laughs> She's like, get to the ball right here on these parents. I'm just sitting there and I'm just smiling. And I'm smiling because this is what they need to get better. And do you know, one of the parents finally got it. One of the parents said, you know what? They're going to lose a lot yep. because this is a harder league. And they looked so slow in the beginning, but now they're catching up. Now they're not losing by like eight points. Now they're losing by one. Wow. Now they're figuring out how to move and talk about geometry. Now they're figuring out angles, things that they really didn't have to think about in the other league. And so you start to learn new things. The innovation that you're describing, that's the learning. I have to figure this out. This is why we tell parents, never call your kids smart. Whatever you do, do not say you're so smart. Intelligence is finite because once a kid's like, I don't know that, boom, it's gone. But if you tell a kid, you're so, you're so clever. I love the way you figure things out. See that mm. it's infinite that I can do all day. Now I can take all the stuff that I've learned and I can play with it. I can, I can do these nuanced things with it and create something that's my own. Like that, that is what adversity teaches you. Adversity teaches you the nuances. It teaches you if you're a taekwondo, you know, you know, we start off in taekwondo, that perseverance. You get knocked down, you get your butt back up again and again and again, and you keep trying because that is how we learn. It's not the winning that teaches us. It is every time we choose to get back up because when you get back up, you can see where you were, where you fell down and how did I get there? And then what you try again. Made. And then you try it again and you apply what you learn and you may not do it well. The first time we do anything, it's going to be crappy. Every time. Crappy, crappy, crappy. But you can't get to your 100th thing until you do that first thing. And you're probably going to be very crappy the first 10 times. I mean, look at our podcast. Like we were figuring it out. <laughs> Still working on it. <laughs> but, but we're here. Yep. You don't give up. Yeah, oh, that's that's great. And another an analogy that I grew up, I had the pleasure of growing up with uh, a lot of younger people won't recognize his name, but a skater to Bonnie Blair. She was like, I don't guess, five-time Olympic gold medalist and another skater, Kathy Turner, a couple of gold medals herself. These girls grew up racing with the boys always. I know Kathy, Kathy refused to race in practice with the girls. She only wanted to chase the boys. 
Bonnie Blair, just the way she was just that ability where every time in practice, she was always put in the same group as the guys because she was getting stronger and stronger and she chased the guys and the guys were physically bigger and stronger, but she learned how to chase them and, and race with them and perform like them. You put her in a competition and a world championships against women, it was a piece of cake for her. She was winning Olympic gold medals, world championships everywhere. Kathy Turner, same thing. She learned to race like a guy. She learned to think and react and move and, and know how the guys race, which was, was a second faster per lap or two more than the women. And after that, racing against the women was easy. So really, you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head. Play up. Practice up. Find the best people you can to practice with and you're only going to get and that's probably the fastest way for you to improve absolutely it's by getting your butt kicked and i'm going to tell you there was this guy named john he did taekwondo and he went to national trials he no one expected him to win god was john was kind of gangly a little bit very loose and did these high kicks and stuff in taekwondo so he went to this to the national qualifier and he won every fight, every fight, all the way. No one, he just came out of nowhere. No one knew who he was <clears throat> because he would do these headshots. He was, and, and he was so flexible. He, all of a sudden, boom, leg comes up, hits you in the head. And back then it was three points. Now it's probably like 500 points or something. But back then it was like three points for every headshot. And so everybody was like, who is this guy? Like, who the heck is this guy? So he wins. And everybody's like, let him go to nationals. He he earned the spot. Let him go to nationals and try out for the national team. And his coach said, no, right. because I don't think he would make it. It's, a, it's kind of a fluke he got this far. And what I tried to explain to them was, no, it wasn't. Now, people are going to study him. But kind of to your point when you were saying how the to, to train up and how the two women competed with the men. I always say train to your weakness. So for women, it's, <clears throat> excuse me. Yes. Train with the men, but for guys, it's all, it's also trained like train with the women because <clears throat> there's a, there's a fluidity that women have, right? There's always something to be gained from training with people who have a different skill set. And if you're talking just gender wise, Men, I believe they should train. You will learn so much from how for uh, regarding how to be nuanced, how to flow. Yep. There's something quite beautiful about how females just naturally move and how they think about things. So, and there's something very strong and consistent and and very fortitude type with men. You push through that, no excuses. That's a brick wall, you're bolder. Or that's a big wall and, and you're that bulldozer. You're going to go right through it. And so a balance of both of those is so vitally important. So it men tend to be boom. And I'm generalizing. I get it all the way through. Women are like, we're going to get through. That's not the best point. This is the weakest point. <laughs> that's how you that, get that's, through. That's so funny. I mean, yeah, you're right. Because I just got I my nails done. They think so differently. And, and I mean, just being in a relationship, any, anybody who's been in a male-female relationship will tell you that. But it's, it's a great analogy because 
you're learning the way someone else thinks and acts and reacts. And that is what you're going to get in competition. Yes. And the more ability you have <clears throat> to be in, you know, and, and I'll go back to the athletes on edge because we, we do measure for performance under pressure. Do you do well? Do you not do well? And then why and what you can do to comp, you know, to, to help yourself in that space. But we also have internal and external focus. How easy is it for you to shift between these two spaces? How easy for you to take in all this information out here and then come here and then go back out like that has to to be instantaneous and just very fluid. It has to be just very natural. And so as we start to really think about adversity, adversity is about how do I coexist within my own self while taking in data information from outside of myself and applying myself and, you know, and, and, and adapting to that. Some things I might want to do, I can't do. It's not the best decision, right? So if you're talking about more of a, I'm going to call it just the feminine energy, for lack of a better phrase, women tend to be, and I'm generalizing, of course, a lot smarter in their timing. Men, you got it. They have to learn to time things. But women, they'll just go, not yet, now. It's very intuitive. It's very intuitive, and that is yeah. a wonderful skill for men to have, especially in a yeah. team sport. It is a beautiful skill to have in an individual open sport. Oh, yeah. It's a little different because it's just you, and you can trust yourself. But with a team, there has to be a connectedness that men just generally they just learn it, and they can learn it just like women can learn yeah. how to go with women. I'm getting that ball. I'm getting that ball because. If you haven't developed that as a woman, you're going to be like, what's the best time? And then they just come bulldoze it <laughs> and grab it, steal the stuff from you. And it's a beautiful interplay that requires us to be present within the moment in this world out here within ourselves at the same time. So the overlap and the dynamic is just beautiful. And that's what makes sports just fun to watch. When you see that, oh man. Yeah, you watch a well-oiled team that, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I watch a little bit of soccer, but I just happen to know watching the women's national team over the last 10 years, boy, I mean, it looks like they were raised as all, all twins. I mean, they, they seem to know what everybody's thinking, how everybody's moving, where that person's going to be so they can put the ball over there. That is that intuitiveness that you're talking about, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think personally, one large reason why they do so well, they just have have that ability to, I guess, practice with each other enough for one to know how each other's going to do it. I'm sure they do a lot of team building and other things, too, to get to know each other and understand each other, Sure. Uh, which is, again, where guys probably <laughs> struggle a little bit more with that. Like, ah, I don't need that stuff. Let's just go play. But it, it's... That's one sport where I have seen that, where I'll, I'll be in amazement watching them and say, wow, they have it together. They know what each and every one's doing, where they're going to be, what's going on, and, and incredible intuitiveness and able to adapt to the competition that they're playing. Absolutely, because there's a sense, that intuitiveness, that's the sixth sense. I can feel, you know, that, that saying that the young folks have, you feel me? I can feel you. 
but that requires a level of vulnerability. So if you don't know how to be vulnerable or what that really looks or feels like, that's going to be very difficult for you. And it's going to be very rigid. You're going to play in a very rigid fashion. And it doesn't matter what sport that is. So a big part of being adaptable is being accessible to yourself. All these parts of you, being able to use them. But realizing that this is a part of me when you play up, that's when you discover who you are made, what, what you're made of and who you really are. When you play up and I, I tell people, you get kicked in the head enough in Taekwondo, you're going to put your hands up <laughs> and then you're going to learn to move back. Yeah. Or you're going to learn to move in. If you're short, you're going to go, I need to fight on the inside. If you're tall, you're going to be, I need to fight on the outside. It's called learning the hard way. There you go. But all you need is one good kick to the head. Unless yep. two, good kicks, two good kicks to the head. So when you start to adapt, everyone has their own way of learning. But learning is learning. You'll learn one way or another. We just hope that it's sooner and we hope it's with more grace and with more ease. It doesn't have to be hard physically, but mentally and emotionally, it can be quite challenging because if you're not the kind of mental or emotional person that will open themselves up, you will learn the hard way, unfortunately. Yeah, it brings back a little memory. I, I remember in my younger years skating and racing, I was I actually had gotten decent and I, I was fast enough to race with anybody, but I couldn't figure out strategy. I would go into every race saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and this. Well, obviously my competition wasn't allowing me to do what I want to do. And I wasn't adapting. I wasn't flexible enough for the changes that were going on. I had my plan in my head going on. And, um, and as soon as something happened that took away from that plan and didn't allow me to, my next step, I was screwed and I didn't know what to do. I'm like, oh, there it goes. I, how am I ever going to win a race? And I, I think it finally came to one point where I had given up and I said, well, screw this. I'm not even going to make a plan. I'm just going to go out and race and forget it. I'm, I'm sick and tired of, of planning and trying to have this all figured out. I went out there in the next race and didn't have a plan and ended up I, I, you know, I, I was aware of everything going on around me. And I, I think, I think somewhere in there, I still had my typical, okay, it was six to go. I want to be in the top three, four to go. I want to be in the top two, one, two to go. I want to be in the top one, whatever it is. And I was able to more than before react and play what everybody else was doing and had that ability to actually react and respond in a way that benefited me instead of throwing my arms up that there goes my frustration because it didn't go the way I want to do. And I had no way of adapting to what they want to do. I actually went out and won, won one of my first races because I didn't plan. I didn't over plan. And I was able to go into it being able to react. So really from then on, I changed my tune every race where, okay, I have my overall strategy but i'm going in watching everybody else doing my plan but more important than that being able to adapt and a big part was react to what they threw at me and react and had a response for whatever they did and just changed my career totally so i'm gonna i'm gonna share, <clears throat> excuse me, i'm gonna share something with you 
with everybody who's listening, but I'm going to share something. What you described is a flow state. I, I'm going to just be. I trust that it's yep. kind of like when you study for a test. I, I, I can't learn anymore tonight. This is what I know. This is what I know. I'm sure I can learn yep. more, but for tonight, this is all I know. And I'm going to allow myself to remember it. So when we have a plan, when we go out, the strategy, if you will, okay, you know, you're in your head. Well, I, I have news for you guys. Sports is not one in your head. It's one in your heart. But you can't just win it through raw emotion. There has to be a balance between the mind and the heart, the emotions and the thoughts. And I tell people, think of the emotions, you know, as a kid. I want what I want when I want it. Mm -mm -mm. And think of the mind as the adult. I have to give it some structure. You can't just have what you want. And then what do adults do with kids who mm -mm 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 -mm. We'll put them in timeout? Go away, go into, go settle down. Well, when we get very mental, that's what we've done with the kid. Now, I'm going to take that and extrapolate it. So your strategy is like your car, brand new, brilliant, beautiful Porsche, Macan 911, whatever you want, a Lamborghini Lotus, whatever, beautiful car. Your emotions, the frustration, all that, that's the gas. The kid is the gas. Your car, you can have the best, shiniest, fastest car. It won't go anywhere without emotion. There has to be a balance. The child, the inner child, the inner adult, the emotional body, the mental body, the car and the gap, they have to be together. You cannot have one without the other. If you have just the kid, the emotions, you're going to see, you're going to be like a bull in a china shop. If you just have the mind, you're going to be very rigid and you can't freely play and have access to everything, you know, and the nuances and execute that well. So what you described is the balance of those two. And that is how you get into a flow state. And that's very, very hard for people. It's extraordinarily difficult because that means I trust my feelings and I trust my thoughts. Usually we trust one or the other, but most of the time we don't trust our feelings because, our, because our, we don't know how to use them. So your frustration actually served you it's like, I'm so frustrated. I'm not just going to be in my head. And the kid and the emotion was like, well, thank goodness. It's about time. Now the yeah. other emotions can come up and actually guide you and fuel the thoughts and the awareness that you have around you. So that was a beautiful example because that's what happened. Made probably no sense to most people, but anyway, but that's how that works. Yeah. No, you're right. It was my frustration that finally. Uh, change it and actually it was a career changer for me it was how I played most of my races for the rest of my career just being able to go in with a plan but reacting more than forcing trying to force something that I didn't have control over uh, it, it was great uh, I think um, yeah it, it was just something that really made a difference but going back to what we we're talking about is is that adversity is what makes you stronger yeah. it was it's what makes you better and uh as we're winding down a little bit on time here jenny we can we can kind of sum up a little bit of of some points we want to get across to our listeners you have something in mind or you like me to go i just want to say you know play up 
play up. Play the people that you know you're not going to win against. Play the people who uh, are not going to take it easy. They might watch their power, of course, because you're you're playing up and they probably should know that. So you may want to tell them that. But play up. That is where you will learn the most and allow your heart and your head to work together. And that's going to be the hardest thing. If your ego gets in the way and you can't let that go, this is going to be hard for you. That's all I got. I'm, I just thought of a word that I, I want to stick with you and, and is comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I, I want our listeners to, as much as possible, get out of their comfort zone. If you want to be better, if you want to be the best, you have to live out of your comfort zone because you're never going to be in your comfort zone in a competition until you are dominating everybody else, which is very rarely ever happening. So Mm -hmm. as much as you can hit hard competitions, find the best of the best, go up against them in every chance you get. Get used to getting, well, don't get used to getting your butt spanked, but be okay with it. Embrace it. Be okay with it and learn with it. <laughs> Does that do that okay? Yeah, don't, I guess that could have gone a lot of different ways. But yeah, get yourself out of your comfort zone. Find hard competition. Don't look for the easy practice, the easy win and the easy game, or you're not going to continue to improve. You're not going to continue to adapt and handle that adversity because when you do go up against the better teams in the bigger competitions you will not have those skills and those abilities to to go with them so comfort zone is a great one adapting to me is another great word we came across today really learn both of those make those a part of every practice and you're going to you're going to move forward faster than you ever thought you could Yes, I couldn't have said it better. Beautifully said. Great. All right, listeners, we enjoyed this one today. Appreciate you having us along. Please go on and subscribe on whatever station you listen to us on and follow us. And we'll let us know if you have any comments or anything else you'd like for us to discuss. We enjoy having you and look forward to talking with you next week. Bye. 